BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ladies and gentlemen, we want you to stand and we want you to make some noise. Ladies and gentlemen, let's go racing here at Knoxville. Only the best. Go three of one. It is showtime at Williams Grove Speedway. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, here at Eldora Speedway, it's showtime. to sit back, relax, and enjoy, because ladies and gentlemen, it's showtime! Set to do battle for 30 laps, the green flag is waving. Hello again, it is Wing Nation, presented by Sage Fruit. Talking sprint car racing, our favorite time of the week, and we are so glad that you have joined us. Steve Post here, flying solo this week. Aaron Evernham is on special assignment, and... All of our other co-hosts are on special assignment, so you're stuck with me sitting here solo in the studio, but boy, do we have a lot to talk about, that is for sure. It is the most wonderful time of the year for sprint car fans, and it is big out in the state of Iowa. We'll talk about that and a whole lot more. We're also going to talk about some stuff in western Pennsylvania with A.J. Flick. He joins us, and uh, back to Iowa with Eric Arnold, the historian and part of the social media crew at Knoxville Raceway. Again, we are so glad you joined us here on Wing Nation. It is going to be a heck of a time here today talking sprint car racing. And boy, oh boy, did we have some races over the last couple of days. And let's get right to it. Our Hefner Racing Product Hot Topics. And let's start with the World of Outlaw NOS Energy Drink Sprint Cars. They were in Peevely at Ken Schrader's joint there, I-55 Raceway. I guess it's Federated Auto Parts, I-55 Raceway. And what a throwdown Kyle Larson and Logan Schuhart had. Man, oh man, I can't even imagine how many times they swap positions. How many times at the start-finish line, but how many times they swap positions over the course of that race on the racetrack. Last lap, going into one and two, looked like Logan had him. Going into three and four, Larson said, here, let me get back under you. And Kyle Larson gets the win by a whopping, and I say whopping, because this is the large margin of victory of the races we're talking about on Saturday night, by a whopping point one six six of a second. Okay? Now, I'm not sure which happened first. Okay? But if that one happened first, Brian Brown is sitting over in Knoxville and says, Kyle, hold my beer. It is the Knoxville 360 Nationals. Aaron Reitzel is a man on a mission at Knoxville this year. And he has got those cars, specifically the 360 car, dialed in. And in complete honesty, as I watched this thing unfold, I thought, man, Reitzel's Reitzel's going to be the man. Reitzel's going to be the man. Brian Brown did not think. Reitzel was going to be the man, and he got a run on the last lap. Brian talked about this coming off from turn number four. He got a great run on the white flag lap, 
Aaron kind of cut it through the middle. That gave Brownie some momentum. And hang on, Brownie just absolutely rolling that sprint car into turn number three. Side by side, wing panel to wing panel. Brownie cuts it down under off the turn. The drag race to the finish line. And .02 seconds. .02 seconds. Brian Brown picks up the win. Now, I'm going to go a little off script here with the sprint cars. What a night on Dirt Vision because the World of Outlaw Case Construction Late Models. I think they were in Cedar Lake. They had a photo finish as well. So it was a big night, that's for sure. So great, great racing over the weekend. And boy, it sets us up for a really, really good Knoxville National. So many great stories. So much good happening in the sprint car world. And so the focus is on Iowa, is on Knoxville, is on that region of the country. Capitani Classic on Sunday night, unfortunately, one heat race is done, and that got rained out. So hate that because that is such a good tune-up. For everybody. But Terry McCarl says, speaking of holding my beer, by the way, Terry McCarl says, we've got the Sage Fruit Front Row Challenge, and they had a good time last night at Oskaloosa at the Southern Iowa Fairgrounds. Um, it started, and, I, and this is all part of TMAC, all part of Terry McCarl, a foot race for track position, okay, for starting position, okay? J Mac, James McFadden, walks out to do the foot race, takes his shoes off. And barefooted, James McFadden wins the foot race. What puts him on the pole, that puts him on the pole, and he battles early on with Carson Macedo, and then over the course of that race, James McFadden really had that Roth Motorsports 83 car dialed in, and he ended up rolling to the win. And, uh, man, I'll tell you, that car on a, on a heavy racetrack, on a tough racetrack, James McFadden really had her dialed in. Uh, listened to a Sprint Car Unlimited uh, interview with James following the race, and he just said their half-mile program, their program uh, with the Toyota engines and Todd Ventura, they have got their cars really figured up, and he rolls into Knoxville very, very optimistic. But picking up the win in the Sage Fruit Front Row Challenge, $21,000, and yes, indeed, he went on top of that race car, and he did the shoey. And, uh, you know, over on our television program, Ashley and I, we've been like, yeah, he might be fudging on this thing a little bit. I don't think he was fudging on this shoey. I think it was beer in the shoe, and I think it was beer from the shoe into his mouth and inside of him. He really got it all on that shoey. Didn't see a lot running down the front and down the beard like sometimes we see with James. So, uh, J-Mac, James McFadden, raising his hand and saying, don't forget about me this week. We are really, really good, and they're particularly good on the half-mile racetracks. So it'll be interesting to see how James McFadden and everyone else fares when things get started Wednesday over at the famed Marion County Fairgrounds, the Knoxville Raceway. And there you have it, our Hefner Racing Product Hot Topics. And Hefner Racing Products, HRP Wings, the original reset rivet wing manufacturer. They use wind tunnel and track performance testing to outpace the industry in design, innovation, and functionality. Not only sprint cars, but lightning sprints and junior sprints, as well as micros. They are shipped across the world and can be economically ground shipped to your door from their warehouse up in Wisconsin. www.hrpracing.com. That's hrpracing.com. Com. We need to step away. When we come back, we're going to talk Western Pennsylvania. He's up to a dozen wins. Complete chaos. A.J. Flick, he joins us on the Sage Fruit Hotline. 
The Outlaws are headed back to the Pacific Northwest. Join us for three action-packed nights of racing August 31st, September 1st and 2nd at Skagit Speedway when the world of Outlaw NOS Energy Drink Sprint Cars return for the Sage Fruit Skagit Nationals. Kickoff for the Sage Fruit Skagit Nationals begins Wednesday, August 30th with a pre-race party, live bands, Sage Fruit Apple giveaways, and more. Then catch Johnny Shots and the rest of the world of Outlaws as they take on Washington's best sprint car drivers Thursday, Friday, and Saturday nights. Details at SkagitSpeedway.com. The National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum's newest exhibit will be our track tribute to Williams Grove Speedway inside the museum's main floor from April 3rd through October 2nd this year. You'll learn about the beginning of Williams Grove Speedway and the evolution of sprint car racing on the East Coast through eight of the iconic big cars and sprint cars that made up the history of Mechanic Birds Pennsylvania's Williams Grove Speedway. Plus, you'll see videos of historic national open sprint car races and other racing events that put Williams Grove on the map. That's the track tribute to Williams Grove Speedway, featured April 3rd through October 2nd at the only museum in the world solely dedicated to sprint car racing, the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum in Knoxville, Iowa. We are so pumped up about all that's happening in Iowa, but I am telling you this season there are some great stories across the country, and we're going to talk about one of those right now to one of the racers. We had him on our television program probably five or six weeks ago, and he just continues to pick them up and lay them down in western Pennsylvania, up to a dozen wins now. On social media, he has complete chaos on the racetrack. It's called Winning Races. A.J. Flick joins us. Hello, A.J. How are you? I'm awesome, Steve. Thanks for having me on, guys. I appreciate it. I always enjoy being on the show. What is what is it like right now to to just roll in and 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 know you're 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 kind of the guy to beat right now? See, I've I've never had the confidence to think that way. Um, I know just this past Friday and Saturday at Larner and Mercer, we get to the track and. And I'm like, man, you know, Dale Blaney's here, you know? So <laughs> I look at other people and I'm always thinking, I- I'm not sure I can beat them. And um, when when you're up against drivers with Hall of Fame careers like that, I mean, it is a little bit intimidating, but it, it's always a goal to try and beat them as best you can. Yeah, no doubt about it. You've had so much success at Lernerville. Uh, tell me about that Friday night race and, and, and how you are able to how you're able to accomplish that win. Uh, I mean, that's probably the least happy i've been with the race car at larnerville for any of our wins so far um it it wasn't dominant in any way shape or form i think cody bova had a great shot at winning that race but uh just a small mistake allowed us to get by him and um, we pulled a number two pill so it kept me in clean air for most of the run uh we got to a lot of traffic and i seemed to struggle a little bit just started to lose the car in a dirty air some but we ended up having a caution and i was able to get back to clean air again and um, Dale tossed some sliders at us. Uh, we were able to get clear of those, but I just don't think I had the best race car that night. Uh, I mean, that's one of the first times this, this, this year that I don't think we've had one of the best cars at the racetrack. Uh, we were still able to win though. So I got to be fortunate about that. And I mean, honestly, it's just, it's my goal now to make sure that I fix the race car and we come back to Lernerville where I don't have to worry about that next week. Uh, we'll be starting eighth or ninth due to their handicap system with me winning the previous week. So. I have to be able to pass race cars, which I wouldn't have been able to do this past Friday. Well, there you go. Sometimes this stuff works out. I always find the sport fascinating how 
how how I I find it heartbreaking how the wins get away, and I find it fascinating how sometimes you're able to cobble one together even with uh, you know, with a hand tied behind your back with what with what you were working on there as you guys continue on here. So uh, Saturday night roll into Mercer, and I just love that racetrack over there. I love that we're seeing more and more four ton sprint car races over there. We hadn't seen a lot of them over the last few years. Uh, tell me about your Saturday night win over there at Mercer. Yeah, I mean, just to piggyback off what you said earlier, too, about how some wins you deserve and you don't get. Uh, we were at Sharon um, two Saturdays ago, and we started ninth. Track was hammered down fast. We went from ninth to the lead, and we were checked out. And with five laps to go, debris wiped in all of the line out. So uh, <laughs> I do feel like this past Friday was kind of a makeup for what happened there. Um, if we were able to secure that Saturday show at Sharon, that would have been three in a row for us. And maybe I would have talked to you last week, but it just wasn't meant to be. And uh, for Mercer Raceway Park, that's we've only been there twice this year. We've won both of them. Uh, the surface is dramatically improved, so kudos to the entire Michaels family on what they've done there. I can see while I race now, uh, it's not rough. It's extremely good on tires. Um, they're paying good money. We won 3000 there the first time, 4000 there this past time. And honestly, we were just we were just quick all night long. As soon as we unloaded, uh, we've had a fast race car there, and we stumbled across something with our setup at Mercer a couple weeks ago. and. Uh, it, it improved our sharing setup too when we went back air this past Saturday or two Saturdays ago. So I feel those tracks are both somewhat similar uh, just because of the lack of banking. So when we hit on something at Mercer, I was excited to try it at Sharon and it seemed to work out um, just a little bit, a little bit of bad luck kept us out of victory lane, but uh, we've been, we've been fortunate on Saturdays here, uh, good success at PPMS, um, two wins at Mercer and almost had another one at Sharon. So uh, Sharon's got another Wednesday show coming up, and we'll, we'll be ready to go back and try and win that one. So. What's the vibe at Mercer right now? Because it has gone through quite the phase, and now that uh, now that the Michaels family, they're running a few more 410 races. When you guys roll in there, what's the vibe like? Honestly, I think the vibe has changed just because of the surface. Um, people are excited to go race there again. Uh, it, it's mm. still a nice facility, um, typical racetrack you'll see in western Pennsylvania, but um, what Sharon and Mercer have done specifically over the past five to six years with how they've improved that surface, it's dramatically improved the racing. Uh, they've added a little bit of banking and widened out three and four. And I mean, people can run different lines around that place now. And uh, this past Saturday, I, I think we had four or five divisions, uh, big block modifieds, the BRB tour, crate mods, 305s, uh, four cylinders. And they had a really good car count in every single division. So, I mean, it's, I think that's a lot of it. It's just improving the surface and allowing drivers to race on something just dramatically change how excited they are to go to a racetrack, you know? That is so awesome. That really is. That's so good to hear with all racetracks and uh, yeah, Mercer specifically, but really all of them as we roll along through this. So you had shared with us, and, and I want to revisit this conversation. Uh, on our television program, and, and those of you watching this, not familiar with it, listening to this, uh, they're available on our Facebook page and on our YouTube page. So you can just go back and look at it. It's about five or six weeks ago when we had AJ on there. You had shared to us that while you're having all of this success, it was a trip up to Sharon with the World of Outlaws where you kind of got your tail handed to you, where you guys kind of put your elbows uh, elbows up in the air. What, um, you know, just kind of kind of revisit that conversation and, and, and what you guys have learned uh, from, from a bad night at the racetrack versus some of the good nights you've had this year. Well, up until that night, we were a top three car pretty much everywhere we went. We had, we had a win at Tri-City. We had a win opening night at Lernerville. Um, 
the top car in Western PA, I would have said, would probably be Brina Spithaler. And we were going back and forth with him. He would win some. We would win some. Um, but we were both always top three. And uh, we kind of knew locally we had a good piece, but we didn't know really what to compare it to because we hadn't got to any of those big shows yet. And we're typically at Port Royal for one of their all-star shows. But with them canceling the Keith Kaufman Classic and moving it to uh, – the speed week race that's no longer all-star sanctioned. And then Lernerville got rid of their May or late April all-star race. We hadn't gotten to any of those shows to compare ourselves to those guys. So when we get up to Sharon for the world of outlaws and we qualify half a second or more off the pace and we heat race in sixth or seventh and um, we have to run the B main, we, we pass race cars, but we weren't going to get into a spot to transfer. And that's when we realized, when we come off the racetrack, how far off we were. And we looked at some of the locals that made it and it were the guys that were consistently beating us, but we were still ahead of the guys that we were consistently beating. So we realized at that point that there's, there's way more wrong with the program than what we anticipated. And I just kind of did some research and uh, snooped around the pits a little bit, looking at some of the faster cars and tried to dial in on some things that were a bit obvious that might be able to help us. And, uh, we were parked beside Lee Jacobs and uh, Greg Wilson, and those two guys have have been very honorable and respectable to me since I started racing back in 2014. And um, I, I spoke to them, and I told them what was going on, and they gave me some insight and advice on some of the things that they think they would have looked for from back in the day when they raced and what, what trends they're noticing that uh, sprint car racing might be going back to. And this is all stuff that we hadn't necessarily had to deal with. And on the old tires, I told a couple buddies of mine that I kind of had PTSD on trying anything else because I was afraid that I would get screwed up going too far back or something that I knew didn't work for me the past five or six years. So we kind of regrouped. I started getting out of my comfort zone, trying new things. And since then we just started picking them, picking them up and putting them down and, I've called Lee and Greg a few times since then just to thank them for their help. That is really, really cool. And, yeah, you're right. Lee and Greg, two of the finest people in the industry, that's for sure. So really, really good guys. When you have a night like that, you say snoop around. Yeah, you're not going under the cars. You're, you're not, you know, you're not, you're not, you're not over there dissecting the crew chief's brain or anything. Do you also watch the lines that they're running and, and, and factor that in as the, you talk about the mechanical side of it, but the driver side of it, how do you, how do you keep an eye on that as well? Well, I I think that's so dependent on how your car's set up. Yeah. Um, that night that we were watching racing, uh, Sharon was really hooked up that night, and it was really fast. And if you remember that night, Donnie Shaw killed everybody running right through the middle. Um, right. He had a 96 casing left rear tire on. He was just hooked up, and, I mean, he was passing people really good through lap traffic. But then you see a lot of others like Sheldon and Gravel, and they're, I mean, Macedo just ripping the fence and i mean that's just it's different drivers different styles of racing different how their cars are set up you know it's it's obviously dependent on how how the drivers want their cars and um i mean we were there previously and dave blaney had his car so hooked up that he beat everybody by 10 to 13 seconds so um track was totally different but it's just it's a combination of uh, how the car set up, how the crew chiefs like to make them work and how the drivers get comfortable. So um, a lot of it isn't more 
watching the lines for me. I feel like I have the ability to make a line work for how my car is working. But since I'm crew chief driver also, and I have to call the shots, I, I need to get the car comfortable for me so that I can at least get up on the wheel. If it's not comfortable, then um, obviously everybody's going to struggle driving it. So um, being a driver and a crew chief, I just have to make sure that at least I get out there with a race car that's competitive first. And once I realize that I can get the car competitive, then the driver can take over and I can try to get it up front. Has the crew chief ever wanted to fire the driver or the driver ever wanted to fire the crew chief? Well, the funny part is uh, when we were struggling, um, didn't make the show against the outlaw race, my buddy texted me and said, you need to fire your crew chief. And then we ended up getting the car changed around. I got a little bit better than I think we won like the next five out of seven shows we entered. I texted him back and I said, good thing we didn't fire him. <laughs> yeah, we had Brian Brown on our television show a couple of weeks ago, and he got into the sometimes the owner wants to fire the driver, sometimes the driver wants to fire the owner. And I just I love that question for you guys that wear multiple hats because it is such a challenge to do what you do. AJ, this is a weird week in the sprint car world. It's not a weird week for the hundred or so that are out in Iowa. Okay, we get that, we get it. As a as a racer that's sitting there in Western Pennsylvania, uh, we know every one of us wishes we were out at Knoxville for the Knoxville Nationals. How do you how do you how do you watch this week? How do you process this week? What do you what do you what do you do as you go through this week? Well, in a way, um Western PA has always kind of ignored Knoxville week just because of the drivers and the teams that we yeah. have here. Um we just can't necessarily afford to go to Knoxville. Um I mean, I think there's a lot of people that could pay the money to do it, but when you're looking big picture on trying to improve your team and keep it competitive for the long run. It's not necessarily smart to, to go out and risk losing that much money to run in the back of the B or C main. So um, I think a lot of the drivers out here have to look at their checkbooks. And I think the tracks have realized that And we typically have a decent amount of races scheduled here during that week. So uh, like Larnerville has never taken their Friday off for Knoxville. So I race there again this Friday. And I think Mercer runs again this Saturday and, uh, Clinton County, because Port Royal is off Clinton County as a Phil Walter Classic, and that pays decent money. So we're excited to go out there again and try and try and compete. And, um, I mean, I'll watch. I think tonight there's no racing on, so we'll be in the garage uh, cleaning up parts and getting geared up for this weekend. But I'll watch prelims on Wednesday and Thursday, and then honestly on Friday and Saturday, I'll pretty much I'll pretty much be focusing on my own stuff. I won't watch too much of it, and I'll catch the Dirt Vision highlights and. Um, I think last year uh, we ended up leaving Clinton County and we were able to still watch the full Knoxville Nationals on the way home. So we'll see if we can do that again. But, I mean, other than that, I, I can't compete in it. So I, I try not to focus on it too much. I enjoy it as a fan. And uh, I do believe one day I'll get out there and maybe I'll find a car owner that wants me to drive out there sometime soon. But for right now, to, to make sure that AJ Flick Racing is progressing in the right direction and that we're succeeding and that I can do this by myself – on the long run, if I don't get any other opportunities or breaks, it's just, it's what I have to do to be smart. That's wisdom right there. That really is. Know where you're at in the pecking order. And I'm going to talk about that Phil Walter Cla- or the um, the Phil Walter Classic a little bit later on. $6,300 to win at Clinton County on Saturday night. AJ, as we look forward here, of course, Western Pennsylvania is giving you a lot of opportunities to race. But are there a couple of September, October, November shows that you've kind of have that might be on the docket for you away from the home turf? Yeah, I mean, uh, fair week at Port Royal starts here in about two or three weeks, and I'm I'm always excited for that. My very first win came at uh, 
fair week opener Port Royal in 2018. And um, the, the Tusky 50 has been hit or miss for us. Uh, it seems like every other year we make it and every other year we missed it. I missed it last year. So I think this year's the year we make it, but I need to get back out there, grab some seat time and try and get the car a little bit more competitive. Uh, we really haven't been out to Port Royal much since we kind of hit on some setup stuff and that track's just so different. So there's still some things we need to dial in and make better, but I mean, there's been five or six shows we've had scheduled to go out and visit there to try and improve, but they've all rained out. So port's been hit really, really hard with rain and it's unfortunate, but it is what it is. Hopefully next year clears up for them. And the high limit shows coming to Lernerville. That's another 50 grand to win. We've got another outlaw races sharing and, if there's anybody out there that wants us to try and get to any other shows, just let me know. But there's definitely some big show stills, some big shows still within three or four hours of our house, and we're going to do our best to hit those. That sounds like a great plan. That really does. Dozen wins thus far this season. Do you play? Do you pay attention to win totals of a of a guy like Freddie Raymer or David Gravel, or are you not one of those guys that keeps an eye on anyone else other than your own program? Uh, we, we do a little bit, but mainly as a joke. I, I know what those guys go up against, and. Uh, I, I wouldn't have one of Gravel's wins, but he would have all twelve of mine for sure. So <laughs> it's it's definitely a different it's definitely a different competition level and I, I would trade all twelve of mine for one outlaw win at yeah. some point. But it was funny because last Saturday, uh Freddie got win number eleven, I think it was, but yeah. our Sharon race would have finished before his Lincoln race did. So I made a joke that it's a shame we broke because I would have had the, the national lead in four ten wins for at least 25 minutes. <laughs> That's awesome. That is awesome. I love it. I love the performance you have, and, and I love the path you're on. And uh, you stay on that path, and you, you might be taking one of those wins from gravel over on the World of Outlaw Tour. You just got to keep digging on it. AJ, it is, oh, wait a minute. We ended the we got the TV show, and we hit the time crunch, okay? Because we talked about turtles, you're, you're, you're the way you find turtles all the time. We talked about roller coasters, and I said, the next time we talk to you, gourmet burgers. So Red Robin gourmet burgers – uh, you've told us in the past, but remind us again, what's your go-to Red Robin Gourmet Burger? Oh, I just keep it simple. Gourmet double cheeseburger. I always get the extra patty added onto it. Um, I'm not I'm not a huge vegetable guy for sure, so get that stuff off my burger. Um, just cheese and ketchup, and it's a shame that the burgers aren't bottomless. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, man, I'll tell you what. I always, every time Red Robin, I, I'm with you, the extra burger, because those burgers are on point. That's for sure. AJ, it is always a pleasure to catch up with you. Continued success, and uh, we'll talk to you down the road again soon. Yeah, I appreciate you guys. Just special shout out to my sponsors, Ferguson Heating and Air Conditioning, uh, Trinity Construction, Fence by Maintenance Service, Red Robin, Gourmet Burgers, Molly. Uh, Pistons, we wouldn't be here without you guys. Thank you. It takes a lot of people to do it, and they are well-deserved to get a shout-out here on the program. A.J. Flick joining us here on the program today. We appreciate the time with A.J. We're going to step away. We are going to delve into Knoxville because Eric Arnold, the historian and the uh, social media guy out there, is going to join us next. The Outlaws are headed back to the Pacific Northwest. Join us for three action-packed nights of racing August 31st, September 1st, and 2nd at Skagit Speedway when the World of Outlaw NOS Energy Drink Sprint Cars return for the Sage Fruit Skagit Nationals. Kickoff for the Sage Fruit Skagit Nationals begins Wednesday, August 30th with a pre-race party, live band, Sage Fruit Apple giveaways, and more. Then catch Donnie Shots and the rest of the World of Outlaws as they take on Washington's best sprint car drivers Thursday, Friday, and Saturday nights. Details at SkagitSpeedway.com. 
The National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum's newest exhibit will be our track tribute to Williams Grove Speedway inside the museum's main floor from April 3rd through October 2nd this year. You'll learn about the beginning of Williams Grove Speedway and the evolution of sprint car racing on the East Coast through eight of the iconic big cars and sprint cars that made up the history of Mechanic Birds Pennsylvania's Williams Grove Speedway. Plus, you'll see videos of historic national open sprint car races and other racing events that put Williams Grove on the map. That's the track tribute to Williams Grove Speedway, featured April 3rd through October 2nd at the only museum in the world solely dedicated to sprint car racing, the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum in Knoxville, Iowa. So traditionally when we dial someone up, uh, we'll call during the commercial break and we'll chit-chat for a little bit. And I told Eric Arnold we're going to talk about last weekend and next weekend, but I'm going to lead with something way, way, and far more important than that. So let's get to the Sage Fruit Hotline. Eric Arnold, of course, the historian out at Knoxville Raceway, as well as in the social media, uh, the guru out there as well. Eric joins us on the program. Hello, Eric. How are you? Hey, Postman. I'm doing great. Well, okay. More important question than the 360 Nationals, the 410 Nationals. The 2023 vintage of the pork tenderloin, is it a good year for the pork pork tenderloins? Oh, yes, absolutely. It's a good year for the pork tenderloin. Uh, The spicy bites are on point, and uh, the Marion County cattlemen's are setting up in town, so I'm ready to try that out tomorrow. Oh, you're you're okay. Now, yeah. He's killing no, me now. No, See, he's no, killing you me. Got the and I, both. You, I mean, the corn. You, the you were pork. fine with the pork tenderloin, right. but when you went cattlemen, you're just rubbing salt in now, man. I'll tell you what. Isn't isn't it amazing, uh, Eric? Uh, and you've been you've been there forever, seemingly. Isn't it amazing how the food culture and the food has tied into the Knoxville Nationals so well? Absolutely. You know, you walk around the campgrounds and there's just, there's people smoking brisket all day long. And, you know, there's, it's not just, we've upgraded from just hamburgers and hot dogs to all kinds of fancy stuff nowadays. So the, the tailgating uh, food is on point for sure. Really truly is. Obviously this week is the 62nd running of the NOS Energy Drink Knoxville Nationals, but I would be remiss if I didn't ask you about Saturday night's 360 Nationals the finish of that race, where were you at? What were your thoughts as you watched the the last two corners of that race play out with Aaron Reitzel and Brian Brown? I was sitting in the press box uh, working away, and, you know, I already had a a draft of a tweet ready to go to say Aaron Reitzel was going to win that thing, and then we had a red flag yeah. uh, there to set up that green-white checkered finish. And then, uh, you know, we thought that, you know, Brian would have a, a good shot at him on the restart. You know, Brian's just so good on restarts. And, uh, yeah, they they banged wheels coming down the front stretch. And uh, I think everybody in the press box just kind of went, went nuts and uh, arms in the air. And like, wow, that was great. You know, everybody wants to see a good finish like that. So, um, yeah, r- really, really good race. And uh, it, it wasn't much of a, a race at the first half of it, but they had a great finish. And, uh, that just gets everybody excited going into this week. So uh, I'm happy for Brian Brown to, to get that win. Uh, just hoping that maybe one of our, our local guys can, can do the same thing this week. And Brian has definitely been fast this year. I think what was fascinating to me about it, of course, it was a dramatic finish. And we all understand that it, we, we all understand Brian. Brian has certainly shared his passion with you, shared his passion with us. And that, that, that while well, this past Saturday night mattered some and, and Knoxville wins, which he's just piling them up this year and championships. 
This coming Saturday night is the one, but his emotion in victory lane just jumped right off the charts at me. Um, th- that just, that, that, that's what I, ex- I, I mean, his emotion on Saturday night just, just kind of blew me away and kind of stated the moment of what, where Brownie is at with this thing. Yeah, anytime that uh, his grandpa, George Lasowski, is in the, the pit area with him, because George doesn't get to come every week anymore. Yeah. Uh, but he was there Saturday. And anytime George is there and you get a big win like that, I mean, it just means the world, you know, to Brian and his family. And, uh, you know, there's a couple of pictures you see where of him and George embracing, and it's, uh, it's just a real special moment. And, and George is just so proud. You know, here he is with, his son being the all-time leading futures winner at Knoxville, and his grandson is number two on that list. So uh, it's pretty pretty cool to see George, uh, you know, at the twilight of his his life and and what he's done to influence, you know, his son and grandson and the talent that they have. It, it, it's just really cool. And I think that's where a lot of that emotion comes from from Brian is is you know it's it's ingrained in his DNA. But to have his grandpa George in his corner and supporting him means the world to him. Yeah, man, that is that is that is a point that I had not factored in, and I saw the the replays and the interviews, and they talked about it. But I, I think you absolutely nailed it there because I know there is such huge respect that Brian has uh, for his grandfather, and that that was a neat moment. All right, so we're sitting here Tuesday before the Nationals. Um, just kind of what's your what what what's your sense? What's your take? Um, just what's your what what's your thoughts on what we're going to see here uh, over the next uh, over the next five days, if you will. Well, I mean, Wednesday and Thursday are the most intense nights of the week. You know, all the pressure is on these race teams and these drivers to to lay down a couple of good qualifying laps and then to get through their heat race. Um, those, you know, time trials in the heat races is where you where you make your Knoxville Nationals uh, to, to get yourself in position to win Saturday. So uh, those are my my two favorite. Uh, you know, the heat races on Wednesday and Thursday are my two favorite things to, to watch. You can't miss those. And uh, you know, and then from there, you know, if you're if you don't make it through that, you're not locked into the, the top 16 in points Wednesday, Thursday. Uh, you know that that's okay. You still have, you know, the B main Saturday. You have the hard knocks night Friday for another chance to to find a spot into the A main. And uh, you know, a lot of drivers have been able to take advantage of that and and work their way close to the front on Saturday as well. So, um, you know, it's just. We're just really excited. You know, we work hard all year to get ready for this event, and uh, I think we're we're more prepared than ever. And uh, as as the staff is, and I think the race teams are as well. And it it's really wide open. I don't think there's a clear cut favorite this year uh, who's going to win this thing. So it's going to be exciting to see how this unfolds. Yeah, I what's been funny about this, Aaron and I and Ashley and I, when we do the show every week, there's a clear cut favorite. The problem is it's different every week. Um, and I think that's what's fascinating. And I want to touch on something you talked about because um, the last two weeks on our television program, we have had Brian Brown and Austin McCarl on, and we saw Justin Henderson with a good run a couple of weeks ago. And you know, Reitzel's going to be good. I, I, I'm, I'm liking your locals, Eric. Can you kind of handicap where you think we're at as far as uh, your your locals and, and 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 maybe getting that Knoxville Nationals win for a local? Well, you know, Austin McCarroll put his car on the pole last year yeah. for the Nationals, and he was r- running in the top three or four there, and then he had a tire go down uh, just right around the halfway break. So, I mean, Austin is for sure a contender to, to be in that, that conversation. You know, Brian uh, Brown obviously is, and Reitzel. 
Uh, you know, Brown and Wright's will have probably been the two fastest cars here all, all season. Yeah, but Austin's been right there with them, and, and you're right, you know. Uh, Henderson has, you know, he's back with a, a guy that he used to run really well with, Brian Sunby, and they, you know, finished on the podium twice together in the past with that the black number one car that they have, and uh, I think they're getting better and better as this year has gone, and we'll see, you know, what they can do on Saturday night. And, you know, uh, Davey Heskin, who won the track championship a couple yeah. years ago, he won a feature earlier this year, and, He's looked really, really well. He's teamed up with uh, Matt Morrow, who's been a local driver here in the past, and now he's stepped away from driving. He's a car owner, and they've kind of combined teams, the Morrow and the Heskins. And, uh, you know, if the track, especially if the track dries off slick and you got to, you know, pedal the bottom, Davey Heskin is probably the best at that as far as our, our local contingent. So, And then you throw in a young kid like Chase Randall, uh, who has just had a phenomenal year racing both 360 and 410s and winter races at Houston. So, um, you know, the local talent that we have right now is, is stacked. And uh, I really hope that we can see, you know, a handful of them get into the AMA. Uh, you know, Tasker Phillips made it in last year. Yeah, that's right. Let's hope that, that uh, Cinderella shows up again this year and that, you know, our, our local guys represent well. And I, I think they will. I do too. I, I kind of like the local contingent this year. And I think that it's uh, going to be fun to watch. Eric, final question for you. As you roll into this week, we understand you have work to do and it's your job. We understand that. But we also understand that this is a week that if you put your nose down to the grindstone and never look up, you're going to be like, wow, the Nationals came and went and I didn't even enjoy it. What are some of the things, what are some of the moments, and and, and I know a lot of these moments come with the job and come with the task at hand, what are some of the things that you most look forward to and as you're talking to people about the Nationals that you just think are must-see events, times, portions of this week that that you make sure you take a moment and reflect and and, and think about what you're witnessing? Oh, wow. That's a really good question. Um, you know, tonight we have the, the big NOS yep. party on, downtown on the square, and that's going to be huge. Uh, this, this band that they're bringing in is, is pretty well-known, Steel Panther, I guess. And uh, I think that's, that's going to be a good kickoff tonight. Um, but, you know, some of the other events that we have, uh, you know, you have everything from the cornhole tournaments to, uh, you know, we have, we have big wheel races this year for kids and what we do in the kids' zone. Yeah. Uh, moving every, a lot of our events are moving into the the big pavilion, uh, the premier Chevy dealers pavilion down in Turn Four this year, uh, and uh, having the the press conference is open to the public uh, will be interesting, I think, uh, after the races. So, um, but you know, as far as m- me personally, I just breathe in the moments uh, like at opening ceremonies when we sing the national anthem and we pray, and mm. uh, those are, those are just kind of those moments where you you stop and you breathe and you look around and you see how many people are there and how many people have worked so hard, you know, to get there. The race team has worked so hard to get to that point all year. And so many race fans spend so much time and money, you know, use up all their vacation to come here for a week. And uh, it's just, you start thinking about all those things and it's it's overwhelming a little bit. And, uh, you know, the Knoxville Nationals is something I've grown up with and it's what I, I love. You know, I love Knoxville Raceway and uh, those just those those moments there where you have a little bit of quiet uh, is kind of where I try to soak it all in. And then, uh, yeah, but keeping my my nose down to the grindstone is definitely uh, where I've been the last week or so. I'm hoping I get some of those moments where I can enjoy some things and talk to friends as well along the way this week. 
Yeah, talk to friends is another part of it. That is for sure. Eric, you do such good work out there, and I respect the work you do so much, the the work you do in the present day with the social media, but your your historical knowledge, the book that you produced, and everything else. And I, I just love that we had a chance to catch up with you during a busy part of your, of, your, uh, of your year, of your week. We appreciate you taking some time out and joining us here on Wing Nation, and, 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 and enjoy your week out there. We can't wait to see everything that happens out there at the famed Marion County Fairgrounds. Thanks for the time, Eric. Yep, thanks for the kind words, and uh, thanks uh, for all you guys do for the sport and helping promote us in the Knoxville Nationals, and hope to see everybody uh, this week, and uh, hopefully I get to see you guys soon again as well. Yes, we look forward to that, that's for sure. That is Eric Arnold, social media guru and historian for Knoxville Raceway, gearing up for the 62nd running of the NOS Energy Drink Knoxville Nationals. Stay with us. We'll be back with more Wing Nation in just a moment. The Outlaws are headed back to the Pacific Northwest. Join us for three action-packed nights of racing August 31st, September 1st, and 2nd at Skagit Speedway when the World of Outlaw NOS Energy Drink Sprint Cars return for the Sage Fruit Skagit Nationals. Kickoff for the Sage Fruit Skagit Nationals begins Wednesday, August 30th with a pre-race party, live band, Sage Fruit apple giveaways, and more. Then catch Johnny Shots and the rest of the World of Outlaws as they take on Washington's best sprint car drivers Thursday Friday and Saturday nights. Details at SkagitSpeedway.com. Welcome back. It is Wing Nation, presented by Sage Fruit. Man, oh man, I'm all fired up after talking to Eric Arnold. He was talking about the opening ceremonies. I got chills. Got chill bumps. It's going to be awesome. It really, truly is. One of the other awesome parts about Knoxville is the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum. One sprint car place. Right there off from turn number two. And birthdays this week, not a lot of birthdays. Uh, coming up on Saturday, the day of the big race, Champion Saturday, Parnelli Jones and Fred Linder. But you need to make sure this week you go into the museum, check out their salute to Williams Grove Speedway. Shane Carson has got every driver and personality known to sprint car racing lined up for autograph sessions, Q&A sessions, gift shop is open, and it is going to be great. And make sure while you're there, you get tickets because this Saturday night, they are drawing for the uh, Corvette, the 2023 70th anniversary edition Z06 Corvette with a two or a Z07 performance package. If you're not going to Knoxville, if you want to get your tickets before going out there, www.winaz06corvette.com. But you can win those all. But the Sprint Car Hall of Fame, one Sprint Car place in Knoxville, Iowa. And that is it. Setting the table for the 62nd annual NOS Energy Drink Knoxville Nationals. Friday or Wednesday night, Brant perform, uh, Professional Agriculture Qualifying Night. Thursday night, Iowa Lottery Qualifying Night. And, and, and Eric mentioned that those nights will determine a lot of how the rest of your week goes. A good Wednesday or Thursday night for you sets you up well. A bad Wednesday or Thursday night for you sends you in to... Uh, Heartburn Land, no doubt about it. And Heartburn Land starts full-blown Friday night, FVP Hard Knocks Night. Top four advance to the A-Main. And then Champion Saturday is on Saturday night, uh, $185,000 to win. And, of course, Dirt Vision has all of the coverage of the Knoxville Nationals. We are talking to A.J. Fleck, and I'm glad he mentioned this, and I've made a few notes on this. Those of you not going to Knoxville, those of you stranded in western central Pennsylvania, uh, those not making the trip, Saturday night at Clinton County Speedway, it is the Phil Walter Classic, $6,300 to win. Phil was the 1993 track champion at the Speedway and leads with 29 410 wins, the most of anybody. Now, 
I love this aspect of it. You know, if you followed along with this show at all, I enjoy a nice craft beer, okay? Floating Feathers Brewing Company has teamed up with Clinton County Speedway, and they are producing a fine Pilsner that on the cover is Clinton County Speedway beer. How about that? Just for this weekend. Clinton County Speedway, checkered flag, the Floating Feathers logo, and how about this? Last year's race winner, Bill Dietrich's car is on that can of beer. So you can get those at Clinton County Speedway. You can go online at Floating Feathers Brewing Company and get those. And how about that? Bill Dietrich has his car on a beer before Danny Dietrich does. I love that as well. But I really enjoy what they're doing at Clinton County Speedway. It's the Phil Walter Classic this Saturday night. So there are other sprint car races around. As AJ said, Western Pennsylvania is still rolling along. There's some races in Ohio and races all across the country. But, of course, we'll all be focused in on Knoxville, Iowa. And that is going to do it. We got to give show. one quick shout out right okay, now. Okay, we need one quick shout out, Craiger. Who are we shouting out to? And, and it's kind of—I don't know if we should or not. Nicole Clark oh, is on yes. her way to Knoxville right now, yes. tuning in. Yeah, I saw Nicole at Berlin on Thursday night, and she is going to Knoxville. And what that means—I'll tell you what that means. What's that means, Steve? You have to hurry to the Iowa beer bus That's right. because she is the one person on the planet that could run them out. So, uh, uh, Nicole, uh, Nicole and I chatted. Nicole is, uh, she, she works within our NASCAR family. She used to work here within our MRN family. She now works, she's been promoted. She's big time on us, you know. Oh, yeah. But she's no longer one of the She's no longer people. one of yeah, us. Right. She's one of them now, Craig. Yeah, she's a them. But she'll still roll up her sleeves and get to a dirt track. And she went from Berlin to Michigan to Knoxville, which in itself is cause for great respect. And uh, she will be there sporting Wing Nation gear. At the Iowa Beer Bus. So, Nicole. Who she thinks she is? A Larson? Yeah, who's exactly. Yeah, going to all these cool races while the rest of us are all slaving away here doing our thing. So, Nicole, have fun out there at Knoxville and uh, have, have fun at the Iowa Beer Bus. And if you get a chance, there's also a race that goes on there as well. There you go. Love Nicole Clark and appreciate the good call, Craig, to give the shout out. So shout out to Nicole. Shout out to everybody out there in Knoxville. We are going to miss seeing everybody out there, but we will certainly catch up with everybody down the road here in Sprint Car Land. And you can look good in Sprint Car gear by going to the Tom Book Motorsports Justin Peck Souvenir Rig at Knoxville. Get your Wing Nation gear, or you can go to www.shopwingnation.com. That's shopwingnation.com. Coming up this weekend, on or later this week, on our Wing Nation television program presented by Saved Fruit, Ashley sits down with the Buckeye Bullet. Dave Blaney, and that is going to be must-see TV Wednesday night on Rev, Friday afternoon on Mav TV. We are most grateful for A.J. Fleck and Eric Arnold for joining us here on the program. But more important than that, and we ask again, please like and share wherever you're following along with us. We appreciate and love that you have joined us this week on Wing Nation, presented by Sage Fruit. NASCAR season is here and Toyota Racing is looking for clashers. Did you clash at the Coliseum with your favorite Toyota drivers? Clashing with the HOA who won't let you carve bell number 20 into your lawn. Or maybe your Tyler Reddick shirt clashed with your pants while meeting the in-laws. If you're a clasher, then we want you. Be part of the action at toyota.com slash racing. Toyota, let's go places. NASCAR is a registered trademark of National Association for Stock Car Auto Racing Inc.